0: Imagine what it's like to sail on the open sea, the wind, the waves, the sunshine, the tranquility of it all. It sounds wonderful, doesn't it? But suddenly, without warning, your calm and peaceful moment is shattered by chaos. The ship you were sailing on is under attack by pirates. It's chaotic. It's awful. The scenario is very similar to what can happen to you almost every day if you're a mom, especially during those early childhood years. Thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. We're going to be sharing some encouragement and hope, especially for young moms. And dads, we'd recommend you hang around as well because a mom with young children needs all the support she can get. Uh, Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fuller, and your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly. John, that was impressive. (laughs) Let me
1: applaud that. Drama. I heard you do the drama.
0: Well, we'll have to look for opportunities yeah, like that. It was go. inspired by memories
1: of raising small children and what my wife was like when I got home. Well, okay. <laughs> We'll do a, that show a different time. Okay, But today we're talking about peace pirates. This is a great concept. And, uh, you know, I wasn't the pirate. I was more like Batman as a kid running around saving I the neighborhood. You, I identified with him too, though. I don't know I why. used a towel and a clothespin <laughs> to create the cave. Many boys We did. didn't have a lot of money, <laughs> but uh, it was so much fun. But uh, what you're describing uh, can be a challenging situation season for moms and dads who are caring for young children. It is chaos. It is that storm and the winds and the waves crashing into the the ship of your family. Mm-hmm. And today we're going to talk with a wonderful guest about some of those observations and how to embrace the moment and perhaps even calm the storm. Yeah, we're uh, really happy to have Ashley Willis back with us again here in the studio.
0: Uh, she was here a few months ago with her husband Dave. Uh, Describing how you can have a stronger, healthier marriage even during storms. And uh, today we're going to be hearing more about a book she wrote. It's got a great title Peace Pirates Conquering the Beliefs and Behaviors
1: That Steal Your Treasure in Motherhood. Ashley, welcome back to Focus.
2: Thank you. I just love being here with you guys. Now,
1: did you realize this was going to be an intervention for John and his pirate, uh, his pirate <laughs> we desires? We booted the pirates off the ship. It's all good now. <laughs>
2: that was
1: imp- I'm still impressed I by know, that. I know. I was impressed, too. It was great. Actually, uh, let's get into it. You're a mother of four boys, ages 7 to 17. Yes. Moms listening just went, Wow. <laughs> You're like esteemed among all women, for oh boys goodness. of those ages. We have two, mm-hmm. and uh, but I mean, it, it is busy. Yes. And I'm sure households with girls are busy too. Don't let Absolutely. me fool anyone. Um, in that regard, um, with that busyness, how do you continue to love your children in that way that you want to, that you know they need to? Be loved with all that going on. I mean, with the runny noses, with the messes, with the cleanup, with the loads of laundry, everything that's going on, no matter how you and Dave divide those responsibilities. But man, how do you keep the ship moving in the right direction toward a North Star?
2: Oh my goodness. I think it just takes it takes a lot of intentionality and a lot of monitoring and adjusting. If there's anything I've learned, you know, in being a mom for 17 years now, that's what I've I've learned that I never really figure it out. It's pretty
1: amazing when you say it that way, being a mom for 17 years.
2: I know. It really I am still like have I really been a mom that long? But that's that's how long yeah, I've been a mom. Yeah, you're not that and, old by the way. Oh, good. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. But I'm telling you, the, these kids, they they've taught me so much because just when I think, and just when Dave, my husband, thinks, like, oh, we've got this parenting thing down, there's a new season, maybe we add an additional child to the family, something else changes, you know, life will throw a lot of things your way. And so there is a lot of chaos. And I've, you know, I kind of, for a big portion of my life, believe the lie that chaos, and that many of us believe, I think this is kind of what our culture believes, that really, you cannot have peace if there's any kind of chaos in your life. Like, the only time you can really have peace as a family, as a mom, as a dad, Is when there's like your circumstances are calm and everything is going your way. You're achieving those dreams you set out. The kids are always behaving like that. That was my belief. And what I found, gosh, in all the years being a mother is man, if that's the definition, how in the world can I ever experience God's peace? And so, I set out on this journey to really discover, you know, how can I have peace in motherhood? Because I don't want to just begrudgingly get through motherhood and just survive it. I want to actually thrive and I want to truly enjoy my kids. And so that's why I talk about these things I call peace pirates, these things that are kind of attacking my peace, because that's what pirates want to do. They want to steal from you, they want to make you feel, you know, like everything's topsy turvy. And there are things in our life that do this, but in the book, I describe, you know, how we can really combat that. And it really starts first by understanding what God's peace really is.
1: Well, you know, it's it's interesting. I don't know why we have this boat metaphor going, but we do, the pirate thing. But, (laughs) you know, Jesus himself in the storm. Exactly. He was asleep.
2: Exactly. And the disciples
1: weren't really happy about that, I don't think. They didn't seem to express, like, how can he sleep through this? Mm -hmm. Right? And then he kind of wakes up and says, hey, you guys got your attention on the wrong thing.
2: Exactly. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. I mean, that is
1: the analogy.
2: It is. And I, and I love that story, too, because, you know, he's recorded as saying, peace be still. And he does calm the waters. He does calm those chaotic circumstances really to kind of teach the disciples a lesson and that they can depend on him. But he also, in essence, is telling us, listen, even when the waters are going crazy, if you can just trust, trust in the Lord, trust that he still sees it all, that he's still with you, you can actually have peace in the midst of the storm. I actually did a Hebrew word study on the word peace. Many people know it's shalom, you know, in the Hebrew, you go to Israel today instead of just saying hello, they're going to actually say shalom, which actually means have God's peace. And when you look at the deeper meaning of this and the earliest way that the Hebrews wrote this word to each other, the four symbols that make up the word shalom actually carry this definition. It means breaking the authority established by chaos. Wow, I know. And when I set out to write this book, I didn't even know that definition yet. But when I looked at it, I just it, it just blew my mind because I thought, oh my goodness, that's what God wants us to have. Yeah. He wants us to have his peace and it means being under his authority, not the authority of whatever chaos is going on in our life, not the authority of a waver teenager, not the authority of a you know the tantrums of a toddler, not the authority of a financial situation that's just making us feel like we can't get a grip on life. You know, we have to make sure that we put all of those things under God's authority by surrendering them to him and also trusting him. And I mean, really having peace in the midst of chaos has a lot to do with trust.
1: We do a series with Ray Vanderlaan called "That the World May Know," and he's a Jewish scholar, and he yes. adds to that too. He says when sin entered the world, chaos entered the world. Yes. Isn't that a great way to look at that? And that, that's what you know. That's what batters our ship every day. Right. is the chaos of this world. Um, you know, keeping that trend of the boat metaphor. You had a kayak story <laughs> yes. in the book that was. I mean, first of all, it's hilarious, but you started. I'm going to jump in and say something. You go ahead.
2: Sure. All right. Well, when I was pregnant with our fourth boy, I was about 30 weeks pregnant. So I had, you know, two elementary schoolers at the time. And I think our third was probably two or three years old. I decided it was a good idea for us to go and do this big kayak trip. Here's the interruption. What were you thinking? Oh my gosh, Jim, I don't know. (laughs) 30 (laughs) weeks pregnant? Yes. What were? Was
1: this like a pregnant thing? It was a pregnant thing. Did you go, oh, let's go for this kayak?
2: It really was. How did you
1: even like comfortably get in the thing?
2: I don't even know. Like I look back on this because I had to have on, you know, a a, A vest. A vest and everything. And I'm like, how did this even happen? But we were on a little family stroll by the Savannah River in our town of Augusta, Georgia, and I'd always wanted to do the kayaks and I saw them and I had that pregnancy brain moment and I was like, this is the moment. It's a beautiful day. It's not too hot let's do this. And my sweet husband looked at me probably like I was crazy, but was like, if you're in for it, I guess I am too. So we proceed to go on this kayak trip. And as you can imagine, we have two separate kayaks. Dave's you know, in one kayak with, with two kids. And I think I'm in one with our toddler. And our toddler- <laughs> Make it
1: even better. No,
2: it is insane. So our toddler starts being just nuts. Like he's moving the kayak. And I, of course, don't have the mobility that I would usually have because I'm 30 weeks pregnant. And so we are almost tipping and I, I'm very calmly trying to tell him to stop, but then I'm all out. Like I get to the point where I'm yelling and I'm like, stop it. We're going to tip. And he didn't know how to swim. And I didn't know what my buoyancy was going to be like. And I notice out of the corner of my eye and Dave and I too are trying to communicate, you know, from kayak to kayak down this river. I notice this young couple, like young married couple just strolling and looking at us, like, gawking, like, what's going on with that crazy mom? Is
1: that our future? I mean,
2: seriously, I told Dave, I said, we were birth control that day. Like, we legit were birth control. And um, and they're just gawking at us, like, what is going on? And we, we made it, and it ended up that it was so bad with the toddler at the time, because he just, you know, he was just... Sure. Just being, being a, toddler. a toddler. Exactly. So Dave tethered our kayaks together, and he alone... With our, our older boys, he was just the man in that moment he was. But he, uh, with our older boys' help, kind of like just got us to the finish line. And then a bus with the, ki- <laughs> the kayak company came to get us because I'm like, there's no way we're going back. I mean, it was just, yeah, it was nuts. And I think, you know, one lesson I learned is you have to set yourself up to win. Like you don't set yourself up to fail. And I think, again, I wasn't looking at what was really required to do this two-hour kayak track. But, also, I just learned in that moment too, just just how that is really a metaphor for a lot of the gears of raising kids, yeah, because it is so topsy turvy and they don't always cooperate, and you know you can have the best laid plans and they don't go your way. But what I was trying to do kind of in those years of studying peace and trying to really be the best mom I could be, was like how do I have good, you know, healthy expectations, but also when it doesn't go my way, how can I still appreciate this gift of motherhood? Because I want to appreciate it. I want, I want to just relish these years because they go by so fast.
1: You stress for moms not to miss the moments. Mm -hmm. I mean, not to get so distracted by those chaotic things that you're, you're missing the things that count. I guess the question on behalf of moms is, okay, how do you discern when that Moment is, and I don't want to miss that moment. And what are the moments I can just forget?
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Well, I do think I'm glad you mentioned that there are moments that you want to forget, and I, I think that we're you know we're human beings. We're not perfect. God doesn't expect us to be perfect parents. He is the only perfect parent, and I actually take great comfort in that. Like I look at the stories of uh, Jesus's parents. I mean, they lost him for three days. I'm like, <laughs> man, if that's in the word, like God, God understands it. As parents, we get stressed out, and He just puts that story in there for good measure to let us know, hey, there are no perfect parents. So I, I take great comfort in that. But I think that even with knowing that i think it's really important that when we blow it we do say we're sorry our kids need to see us having a repentant heart like when we blow it just owning that and saying we're sorry but then i think that not staying in the thick of whatever happened too long and finding the humor in it and that's something that my husband Dave, it's just helped me so much. I mean, he's so good at finding the humor at the right moment. I mean, it has to be at the right moment because it can definitely not <laughs> yeah, go so can, well. That can
1: backfire. That can yeah. backfire <laughs> real fast. But like
2: as a family, like even this kayak trip, for example, you know, once we got in the car and I'm feeling like a total failure as a mom, like because I just lost my mind out there on the water, and I was just like, man, this was supposed to be a good moment, and now it's just going to be this bad memory. And I think one of our older boys was like, Mom, that was so awesome. You went crazy, and, and you know. And He's like, and those people were staring at us. It was so funny, and I like was so mad at first, but then I was, I just started laughing, and I was just like, guys, you're right. I am so sorry. Oh, that's good. I said, I'm so sorry. I lost my temper. Hopefully, we can look back on this and laugh. And let me tell you, this was many years ago. We have laughed and laughed over this story. And so sometimes, you know, those worst moments can become like, just it can give you some levity just in the in the day to day life. And so we we actually. That has become one of our favorite stories at, at my um, expense, but yeah. Yes. yeah, no, but it's
1: good. It's one of those markers, <laughs> yes. and it's great for your kids. Those are great lessons when they can yes. remember it like that, mm-hmm. see it illustrated, and so good of you to come back and talk about your failures with your kids. <laughs> no, seriously.
2: Well, we all fail, right? Yeah, we absolutely. All
1: fail uh, you've identified four peace pirates. These things yes. that rob our joy and rob us of the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are they?
2: All right, they are mommy martyrdom, which is a big one, and we can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, let's go ahead, let's hit it. All right, so this is one where I remember when I was writing this book and explaining it to my friends, just kind of seeing what they thought about this. Uh, It was one that, that at first, as mothers, we're like, we don't do that. But I actually, I based these four peace pirates on an actual survey that I did with 300 moms. Okay. Because I wanted to see what are the tendencies. Is it just my opinion? Or is this a tendency for most mothers? And this is from mothers of all walks of life with all different age kids, married and unmarried. And so, this is
1: mommy martyrdom. Yes. So, what does that this mean? This was a
2: big one. So, mommy martyrdom is basically when we end up making our kids an idol. And we actually kind of neglect ourselves to the point of like being a martyr that we are are kind of hanging on the cross for our kids, so to speak. Right. So how do you know if
1: you're doing that?
2: Well, like you're never getting the amount of sleep you need ever. And it's not because you can't because it's a crazy season or whatever, but because you're just, it's always for the kids. You're
1: You're choosing those things.
2: Exactly. You're neglecting yourself. If your marriage is always on the back burner, if you're a married person and it's always like, but the kids, but the kids is, they become like your, your excuse all the time. Okay. And you, and you tell yourself it's because the kids that we have a bad marriage, but really you look at your spouse and you're like, it's just because we haven't talked in so many years about anything but the kids. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're not investing the time. I think too, uh, just when it's really all of your thoughts. Okay. And I know this is going to step on some toes, but literally all your thoughts are surrounding your kids and to the point of being fearful of the future, to the point of anxiety, Mm. it's making your kids an idol. And they're not supposed to be God in our life. And I think that so many times they become that.
1: Well, you're describing what many talk about, which is a child-centric family as opposed to a marriage-centric family with kids in the home. Exactly. It's a much better way to describe it. It is. Okay. So that's mommy martyrdom. And I I think a lot of moms will identify with that. They're trying to do the best job they can do. Absolutely. But there is a point at which you need to reach a better equilibrium. Hmm. Right. Is that a fair way to say that?
2: That's a great way to say it because I do think sometimes with mothers in particular that we see it more with moms than with dads. Yeah, and that's why I pour talk out, about pour it. Out, pour, it out, pour out, pour out, pour out. It is. It is and we want we so bad want to be good moms. We want yeah. to lead our kids in the right way. But I think sometimes we end up trying to, to live vicariously through them sometimes and fulfill parts of our life that the child is not even supposed to fill. That's where we see codependent relationships that that really don't, not only don't serve us well, but really set our kids up for issues later on. And sure. so it's important in this book. I say this because I myself have struggled with each and every one right, of these people. But we've, we've got to make sure that, that we have God first. And then if we're married, then our marriage, then our children. We have to keep things in, yeah. in biblical alignment and just not not, not put, it's really, it's putting a lot of pressure on ourselves, but also on our children Yeah. because we're looking at them to just to be our whole life. And yes, we, as mothers make sacrifices for our kids. Absolutely. We, as parents do, this is part of being a parent, but we're not supposed to put them as an idol where we're just living for them and sacrificing everything for them to the point of neglect for ourselves. Yeah.
1: That's a whole book right there. Yes. Okay. Number two,
2: All right, number two, clinching control is a big piece, Pirate, where, and this is one I've struggled with so much, it's messed with me so much, just trying to control our children. Now, on one aspect, we have to discipline our kids. We need to have expectations for our children. You know, there needs to be some semblance of control, but I do think that sometimes when it comes to control, and my husband said it so good this way, where, where this becomes an issue is when our kids are doing well, we pat ourselves on the back and we take all that credit. Aren't we good? Oh, we're just, we are just <laughs> doing a great job. You know, good job, mom and dad. But then when they're doing bad, we feel like complete and total failures and we take on all of that failure. Mm-hmm. And really it's somewhere in the middle of all this, right? You know, God wired our kids each differently. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have some things that it's really easy to teach them and to guide them and to lead them and other things, they're gonna really rebel. They're gonna really test us. And so as parents, we're constantly monitoring and adjusting and really looking at kind of how healthy our standards are that it's not control for making us look good you know and I really struggled with this where I'd be out in public I'd have these four ring rambunctious boys and they'd be maybe a little louder than they needed to be. I would feel like they're embarrassing me like right. they're embarrassing me and I'd take that on and I would just really wrestle with that and it wasn't necessarily about teaching them Proper etiquette, so to speak, but it was the reflection on me hmm.
1: and but we all I, identify with exactly. that exactly
2: I mean ex- I think dads you know dads can identify with this too, but I really wrestled with that for a number of years. Yeah. It was like, do I want am I really teaching them these things based on you know following the Lord and their character and the things that are that last with yeah. them, or is it just to make me look good because I was actually reminded of this. we had some neighbor kids that on the surface were very polite said they're ma'ams and sirs, but then I would witness them because they were over at our house a lot. And behind closed doors, there was this major character issues. But on the surface, the parents loved all the mams and sirs. They loved the pats on the back, like, oh, your kids are so yeah. polite. And I told my husband, I said, listen, I guess on on the one hand, gosh, I would love it if my kids were always saying the right thing and we were getting pats on the back. But on the other it really is about character. I don't want them to be great on the surface and us getting all these accolades, but really in their heart, it's just not, it's not flourishing and it's all for show. We want to raise kids where it goes deep. Yeah. Where they really are living a life that is pleasing to the Lord and not not just to please Mom and dad, I mean that's the goal is they want we want them to please the Lord. Well,
1: and another way of saying that too is like you' you're trying to shape behavior rather than shape the heart.
2: Yes and absolutely. I think we in
1: the Christian households, um, you know we lean so heavily on the behavior and that's important. yeah uh, don't yes. mishear me, but we've got to shape the heart because right. the right behavior will flow from the right heart. Exactly. And sometimes, yeah, kids can fool you by Mm -hmm. providing the right behavior without having the right heart. Okay. Number three and four.
2: All right. So excessive expectations. We talk a lot about expectations in this book and they all interrelate because, you know, I mentioned expectations with clinching control, but really I think that we have to take an assessment of what kind of expectations do we have for our children. And also what kind of expectations are we allowing to be placed on us? And this is where that definition, that real definition of God's peace shalom comes in. Because I think sometimes we allow ourselves to be ruled by expectations, whether on us or the ones that we feel are being fulfilled or unfulfilled by our children or even our spouse. And so you know, a lot of times in the the research that I've been doing, I found this, this huge just issue of expectation. It was nobody's ever listening to me or they're never quite doing it that way, or that we maybe even put on ourself. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes we just have these unrealistic expectations for ourselves as a mother, or we think God's putting on us somehow. And so we kind of go around half hearted feeling like we're failing, everybody's failing. And it's just bad. Like I remember Dave early in parenting, especially when we had multiple kids, he was like, sweetie, you are letting this just rule your day. Right. It's like, we are living or dying by whether or not these certain expectations were fulfilled. He's like, we've got to find a way to have peace in this. Like we've got to, We need to have Good standards for our children. We absolutely do. And we have to decide that as a family, as a couple, and uh, make sure they understand that. But we also have to make sure is this excessive or is this realistic? Is this something that is a healthy expectation? And if so, have I actually told them, you know, how they can meet this expectation? Or am I allowing, or am am I allowing maybe other things to shape my expectations that? aren't even really one of my ideals that I feel like is part of our family. I think it's just really good to take that self-assessment.
1: Yeah. And it's good to challenge your expectations, mm-hmm. right? And where the, where the source of that is coming from. Right. Number four.
2: And that really leads to number four. So this is a big one in our social media driven world, and that's comparison chaos. Yeah. I think every mom out there, there's whole books on this. Uh, you know, we deal with comparison, whether it's looking at Instagram or just talking to your friends, maybe even your own family. Like you feel like in my family, it was always this way. And now my family looks this way. Like just constantly feeling like you're not meeting the mark because of comparison, not because you're actually, you know, talking to your spouse and saying, okay, what does God want our lo- family to look like? Because every family's slightly different mm-hmm. and really having peace in that. And I know for me personally, I mean, sometimes I just have to put down, you know, I have to put down the phone because we have to realize we're all showing our own highlight reels on there. Like I didn't take pictures of my kayak fiasco <laughs> and everything I said to my child and plaster it on social media because that's like my, one of my, you know... Not great moments, but <laughs> but I'm going right. to put like the day that the kid gets the award at school, or you know has the perfect picture where everybody's smiling at the camera, which is literally a miracle. That's what I'm putting online, you know. And actually, I was reminded about this by my child when we were going to an award ceremony. It was our second child, Connor, who didn't. He's a great kid, but doesn't always get academic awards. He's very smart, but not school's not really yeah. his. His place. He he doesn't love it, and so he gets this invitation. And I was talking to my husband. I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's fifth grade! He's getting an award finally!" (laughs) And so we go. I mean, we're all dressed up. Well, they finally get to the end of the ceremony, and actually, right before the end, and it was where I believe he was going to get awarded. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting, and it turns out it was just like a you were part of this project award, okay? (laughs) Like participation. And so, and I I looked at my husband, I said, he is going to be so disappointed. He thought he was getting something, some kind of award that like mattered, you know? And I'm like, and it's just a protest. It's like an honorable mention. Like, you know, we went to all this, built it up and here's this. Well, the next award was the biggest award of the day. And it was like the character award or something like that. And uh, they ended up announcing one of his best friends, Claire gets the character award. And I see my son, Connor, after he received his participation award, he stands <laughs> up and proceeds to clap for his friend, Claire, yeah. and looks back at me and has such a just joy all over his face. Mm-hmm. And then after they dismissed, he ran up to me and he said, mom, can you take a picture with Claire? She got the biggest award of the fifth grade. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, and I was like, true. I know I'm so proud of Claire. Well, when he walked off with Claire, we took the picture and then he's mainly with his friends. I looked over at my husband and I said, I can't believe that my own child understands awards and what really matters better than me. Yeah. Here I am as the mother again wanting to pat myself on the back because of whatever and and he's over here having such joy to cheer on his friend and that's to me that was better than any award because my child could cheer on his friend, yeah. you know. And it just taught me I just thought, man, I can't lose sight of those moments because you know, they may or may not get awards, awards are great, but we have to really look for those those signs of of them growing in their character.
0: On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team here, thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller.
3: I love that story that Ashley told. It speaks to an issue that all parents struggle with, I think. And I think it's fair to say that we can all be guilty of comparison. It's easy to look at how other couples are parenting or the accomplishments their kids are attaining and we make that comparison, you know. And when we do that, we miss the opportunity to recognize where our kids are succeeding and how their characters are growing. We have to remember that every family is different and ask God what he wants our family to look like. Please do remember that we have tons of online resources available for you. Focus is a treasure trove of help and I hope you'll tap into us. Just call us or get a hold of us online. We also host events like our current tour with Rob Parsons and Catherine Hill on what every parent has to know. Please do look out for information on our website for that. We're in Durban tomorrow at Currow Hillcrest and on Wednesday at Freedom House Belito. And then we end the tour in Pretoria at Choose Life Church and Leven de Wurt on the 2nd and 3rd of March. The point is, Focus on the Family is here to give families hope. And you can help us to do that by participating in the matching gift campaign we have going on right now. Some Focus friends have agreed to match any donation you make to this ministry. So I invite you to make a donation here at the very end of the tax year. It's a great opportunity. I hope we can count on you for some support. Join the matching campaign or get information on any of the resources when you call 031-716-3300 or visit our website at safamily.co.za. Thanks for joining us for today's Focus on the Family. I'm Alison Schnell inviting you to join us next time when we'll once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.